Welcome to Carry the Mat, where we pursue meaning in life, legacy, and leadership. Join us as we seek to learn some of life's most difficult yet valuable hard-earned lessons from men and women who have experienced obstacles and victories firsthand. Striving to serve one another based on our unique God-given abilities, not interested in merely talking about it, but determined to be about it. If that sounds like you, then let's carry the mat together. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Now to your hosts, Ben Brandenburg and Daniel Moss. This is Carry the Mat. Welcome back. Guys, it's been a brief hiatus, just kicking off summer. Um, we've been um, just just living, man. Just, uh, just, there's been a lot going on just with our families and a uh, couple uh, beach trips. Yeah, it's just <laughs> been busy times, but we're, we're grateful today. I have Jake Sapp today from Peach State Light, and we're going to get into Jake's upbringing in Georgia and kind of um, set the stage for their product, uh, Peach State Light, which I haven't tried. Daniel did toss me. A, I've got some at the house. Daniel tossed oh, me um, at his place, and I've got it in my fridge. And uh, I'm saving it for uh, John Gamus is a hell of a promoter. <laughs> yeah, John Gamus is uh, the king. He's 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 running ourselves down below the net line for sure. Yeah, guy catches redfish and drinks Peach State Light. He's a good dude. That's right. That's right. But we just we we were we were connected to Jake through our good friend Derek Chitwood. If you haven't heard Derek's uh, podcast, he was episode two of Carrying the Mat and. Uh, Derek, it seems like he knows everybody. It seems like every guest we've had is somehow connected to Chitwood. So um, we're, we're grateful for him. He's a good friend. And uh, he mentioned Jake and what Jake's done in the community. He said he was a good guy. So we're looking forward. To, we're getting to know Jake. This is like we haven't even talked. So this will be we're all learning about each other. And uh, we'll just kind of kick this conversation off. And uh, we're, uh, we're just uh, thankful to have you, Jake. Jake, welcome in. Welcome to Carry the Mat. Yeah, Daniel, Ben, thank you guys both for having me. Um, texted me a couple weeks ago. We started talking. Uh, I was excited because I've, I've listened to your podcast some already, kind of kept up with some of the stories, um, knew some of the faces on the podcast, so I was honored to get asked to be a part of it. So I'm excited for today. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a little – it's, you know, we've gone from Brandon Boykin to you. You know, it's like – I know you've got – you're like, we have – people that are stars like you. And then we have guys like Brandon Boykin that nobody's heard of. So, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a wide gamut. It will continue to be, but ultimately we're just trying to have conversations with like-minded people that uh, are doing good for the community, but uh, also just uh, helping others. Um, we'll talk about from a philanthropic standpoint, which you guys are involved in too. But uh, if you will just kind of set the uh, stage for us and, Tell us a little bit about you growing up um, in, the, in the Athens area. I know you're from Madison County, but tell us about coming up in Georgia and just obviously your product is tied to the state, but just talk to us about um, growing up in Georgia and just your upbringing and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'd love to. I, um, I am very much a product of Northeast Georgia. Um, lived here for of my, I'm about, I'm turning 32 in a couple weeks, but so my 31, in 11 months of my life, um, 30 of them have been here in the state, uh, in Athens. So um, I'm partial to this area for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, I grew up in Athens. I went to Madison County School just north of here. Um, kind of grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. 
My grandfather started a body shop on the north end of town that still exists today that I still actually work at. Um, and he started that in 1972, and my family's had roots here ever since. Uh, my mom, her father was a famous teacher in Madison County. Everybody called him Doc. So I've always been tied between two city, two counties of Clark and Madison County. Um, and I really have pride to be from both. Um, and so that's kind of where I started. Um, had a great you know, childhood. I'm one of four. I'm the baby of four. Um, my three siblings and their spouses are still some of my favorite people in the world. We just went on vacation, our entire family, uh, my wife and, and then my brothers and my sister and their spouses and all their kids. And we're all still very close. All love each other very much. And um, so grew up, had a great childhood, um, went to the University of Georgia for my education. So uh, I am a dog through and through. Um, I see you've got the Braves jersey on. I always tell people, like, it's 1A and 1B for me. Probably 1A is dogs, 1B is Braves, and then everything else is just icing if they're good. Otherwise, it, it doesn't affect my sleep, but those two teams certainly yeah. can. Uh, yeah, Spencer, so, Spencer struck 11 strikeouts last night. And yeah. uh, you guys have the going. Y'all both have the stash. I feel left out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got the Strider stash yeah. there and ready. Um, remind me when we get to it, when we get further down, um, I have a good Spencer Strider and P.J. Light story already, so I'll be excited. We'll, we'll talk about that when we start talking about Braves baseball. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in the area. Uh, I lived in Columbia, South Carolina, right when I graduated college for a year. Uh, that was enough for me. Was that pretty uh, although, hot? What's that? I said, was that pretty hot? Yes, I mean, there's no heat like Columbia, South Carolina heat. And I was actually working for a commercial landscape company at the time. So being on the ground, um, it, it just, you know, I learned the lesson pretty quickly that Athens summers aren't nearly as hot as they could be. So um had a good year there, learned a lot, made, you know, made some really great friends. It just was really ready to get back to the area pretty quickly. Um, and that's kind of where my start as being, I think, a good community member happened. Um, I got involved. In college, I was an employee at Extra Special People or ESP. I was always a summer camp counselor. It was a great summer job. Just to stay in town, have fun with friends, you know, work eight to five, then get off and, you know, have some beer money to go have fun. Um, did that through college, graduated with an agriculture business degree, you know, moved to South Carolina. I come back, I was kind of just waiting around, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, and there was a position open at ESP uh, for a program coordinator at the time. Um, so when I was hired full-time, I was the third full-time hire at ESP. Um, and that was back in 2000 and um, I guess 15. Um, and so I think a lot of listeners, and I, I'm sure you two in particular, just know the behemoth of a nonprofit and a great organization ESP has become in the nine years since. Um, but yeah, I was the third full-time hire, which was um, a lot of fun. Um, I did that for eight years. I was part of ESP. So when I ended, I was the program director at ESP and uh, love that program still so much. It's still one of the most fundamentally important institutions of my life and, and who I am and the things I value now I learned at that organization. Um, but I started kind of looking around and, and, um, 
and my family had a need. Um, my family owns, like I said, the body shop. My uncle was kind of slowing down. Uh, he works about three days a week, so they just needed some extra office work. So they needed somebody to help manage the business. And um, I was looking to kind of for a new challenge and to have the experience of working alongside my father. Um, and so I moved over in February of 22 um, and have been at Modern Body Shop since then. Um, but what happened is I, I'm working at Modern Body Shop and it's a great job. Um, it is a 50 year old business. Uh, and so 50 year old businesses, uh, they don't feel quite as, even though they came from a heart of entrepreneurship, they don't feel quite as entrepreneurial now. They're just really good, successful businesses. Um, that are kind of, you check in, you, you know what you have to do and you get it done. Um, but that left a lot of room for creativity. Um, and the hours I went from working, you know, nonprofit hours where you're always on, always ready to work, always there for the cause to working for a established business where I kind of clicked, clicked out at 5 PM and was done. Um, and so, I got creative, my, my juices started flowing, and that's kind of where what kind of got me into this peach shade light business and all that's going on with that now too. So right now I'm kind of juggling with two jobs and working through both. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we are now. I know that was kind of a fast track, but um, that's kind of where we got from A to maybe where we are right now, and I'll call it you know, W, A to W. This time last year, it's really interesting. Um, we hadn't even put our, our, our beer in a can yet. So um, this time last year, my partner at Steel Fire, Aaron Viscus, he sent me some photos of, I kind of worked through our logo and what I wanted the can and the vision to be. And I finally got the label and what the can was actually gonna look at. So. Um, PGA Light really has only been in existence for about 11 months at this point. So um, we are a very green company, um, and we've really been in stores since late August of 2022. Y'all's branding is cool, uh, including the 96 Olympics uh, logo hat you got on. Um, we're still looking for some sponsorships on the Carry the Mat. We need a backdrop update. We need okay. <laughs> We need a few things. I got the old pal shirt on today. My buddy Hunt Rebel just bought the old pal, so we'll have to yeah, Hunt with with uh, actually at old pal. So um, you yeah. can buy that old pal, and Hunt is actually um, a friend of mine as well. We've we've done some yeah. philanthropy with them. We've um, donated some beer for um, their shell their shell fest yeah. for their shell to shore organization, and um, he's definitely one of the most uniquely cool guys in town I and mean, he's a, a good part of the community for sure Mayor of normal town so, sure. yeah you're, i would say so you're you're northeast georgia man how'd you get connected with john Gaines? i know he he works in the gas station line but how did how did y'all cross paths yeah john um john's one of those guys when i made the brand and kind of envisioned the brand you think about it, and you think about a guy who I think he went to Valdosta State. Did he go to yeah. Valdosta State? Yeah. So, all right, here's a guy who goes to Valdosta State. He lives in St. Mary's, Georgia. He works for a, you know, line of seed stores, the most successful convenience stores in the country. I think Circle K is the biggest in the entire yeah. country. Um, and you think, you know, he does chartered fishing trips in his free time, and 
he is the exact person who I want to drink peach daylight. I mean, I don't know what comes more Georgia than John Gaines. And so uh, he reached out um, through social media. He just was like, man, I love what you're doing. I like your vision. Let me know if I can help. Um, and if some, it's dangerous if somebody's going to offer me to help because I'll take them up on it. And so I called him and we started talking. Um, and he actually, starting at the end of this month, um, we'll be in about 55 Circle Ks in the state. Uh, thanks to John Gaines. John Gaines introduced me to their beer category manager in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we drove down to Jacksonville, and um, and so now uh, one of our biggest partners in partnerships that's about to start is because of John Gaines and me just started talking to each other through Instagram. And so um, he's somebody I'm very grateful for, and I think is a really great dude. Yeah, dude, that that's not surprising. John's awesome, and. Uh... He's all about your uh, product, man, and, and y'all's vision. He 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 talks very very highly of y'all. I mean, that's that's how I found out about y'all was through John. Awesome. I was down and then he cracked open a peach that light. I was like, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, that's yeah, and I mean, yeah, those are the type of people. And and what I've really realized it's with such a small, you know, growing business, it's guys like John. It's people who kind of are seeing kind of the vision early are the ones who are putting us on to other people and getting us other opportunities and getting our faces and our cans in front of people. Um, and so it's been really cool to identify those people and they kind of come from all over. They come from all over the state, the people who are kind of getting it a little quicker and people whose eyes are just peeled for this type of stuff. And so I, I've been really grateful for, John's friendship and, and kind of what it's meant for the brand so far. Daniel worked at uh, Tommy Smith Chevron. So it sounds like we got the body shop, we got Circle K, <laughs> we got Tommy Smith Chevron. Um, so we got a lot of, a lot of garage. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, a, it was a great college shop, man. I enjoyed it. Uh, Good place to have a beer. Um, that was awesome. The, um, you mentioned just being drawn to Northeast Georgia and yeah, that heat in Columbia. We're both from Augusta and we talk about that just being drawn to it seems like it's it's it it's a few degrees, but it makes a huge difference. I mean, even just being in Oconee or Clark, you, you know, the seasonal changes that you experience there. And I guess uh, I you know, I'm looking out the window at pine trees. There's tons of pines. We're over here on the lake right now, uh towards Clark's Hill. So, um oh, and it's all pine trees, but you know, Northeast Georgia, you get a little bit more variety and color in the fall. But, uh, you know, just uh, being y'all's roots tied to the state, peach state, like how much long term do you see it being just a Georgia thing, or do you see it being um, from a distribution channel standpoint? You'd love to open up that market, and maybe there's demand in other areas that aren't necessarily Georgia. I think from a branding standpoint, you guys talk about, you know, the opportunities there of, of growth. And maybe uh, seeing the bit, you know, long term being even outside the state. Is that something that that uh, that you guys would, uh, would would obviously welcome? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, kind of the whole vision of Peach State Lights um, is this regional beer. Um, so, back in 2020, I, I took a sabbatical from my time at ESP. That's a really cool thing that the organization does. When you get five years of service, they're going to give you three weeks. 
and really encourage you to go do some self-development, spend time somewhere else away from work, completely disconnected. People are covering from you, for you. And so I had earned my five years in 2020 and it was the summer of 2020. So we're at the height of the pandemic. We had just made it through summer camp. We made a pretty difficult decision and found a way to safely do summer camp for, you know, 200 campers whose isolation and loneliness is for someone with a developmental disability is far more severe than for a typically developing person. So we, we find this way to, to do six different mini camps across the region, limit it to 30 people total so we can um, kind of follow, you know, health guidelines. Uh, we're all masked, we're tested all the time constantly. And it was a really successful summer. Um, but it was stressful and one of the most stressful summers I've ever gone through as a program director. Uh, so that uh, sabbatical after the end of summer camp was was hard earned and I was excited to take some time off work. And so the month of August of 2020, I put a camper show on the back of my Ram 1500. Um, I took my Boykin Spaniel and drove out for the American West. Um, we talk about that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to the boy. You keep going. I'm sorry. Are y'all have weekends as well? Well, rest in peace. I've had one until September, we can, but. We can nerd out about those later. So anyway, we go across to the American West. We're driving all over the country. Uh, I have goose. My wife flies out for about two weeks. I ended up taking a whole month. My wife is out there for about two weeks. For the rest of the time, it's just me and the dog and kind of open road. Uh, I really was trying to kind of live out a John Steinbeck book and just do the whole thing and made it as far as Glacier, Montana. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. We drove a lot. So um, along the way, I was stopping at these places that had these very cool regional light beers. You know, I, I ran through the Illinois area and you have old style and you run down around Texas and you, and you have Lone Star beer and you have, out west there's stuff like you know rainier beer which is you know more towards seattle and and then on previous trips i started thinking about natty bow in baltimore or narragansett that's up in the northeast i started thinking about these really cool legacy light beers and so um kind of an alternative to a bud light or a miller light or a coors light and so i kind of just chewed on it i like the idea and Fast forward to 2022, start this new job, have more time for, have more of an emotional bandwidth to be creative. And all those ideas just come rushing back and start looking. It's like, you know, Georgia, we, we are a state, you know, we're, we're firm in the Bible Belt during the beer producing process in the, you know, the 1800s. We don't really have the right formation or the right equipment to be able to keep beer cold to make it the right way. So beer was never the, the, the popularity that it was in other regions of the country. And so to me, that was a hole that we could fill. Um, and so I wanted it to be something so obvious, it just slapped you in the face. And so uh, me and my partner, we checked the trademark for Peach State Light. It had never been used. So we went ahead and filed it, um, worked on a um, worked on what, what we wanted it to taste like. Um, with a brewmaster came up with what it's going to taste like. And we've been canning it, like I said, for about 11 months. Um, and yeah, really the whole, the heart of it is this is a light beer. This is easy to drink. And it's a local alternative for somebody who likes that style of beer, 
Um, and this one has more flavor, I will say. It is tastier than a Miller Lite or a Bud Light. Uh, but someone who likes a, you know, I call them a volume beer. You're on the boat, you're at the golf course, you don't want to just drink one or two, you want to drink four or five, and this is a good beer for that. And so um, that's kind of what we came up with and, and made it obvious. So I brought a can, and so Peach Shade Light is everything that Georgia is. Um, that's obviously the Brown Thrasher, 13 stars. Um, 1788, that's when Georgia was ratified as a state. So all these cool legacy beers had these really old dates they could throw on their can. I was like, I can't put 2022 on a can. I, gotta, I don't want to lie either. And so 1788 is what I came up with. Um, I just, Lone Star is like the, or the, the, the national beer of Texas. I was like, what can I just put on there so people know this is just our beer? And I was like, I can't call it the official beer. I'm sure you have to go through some paperwork, but you get that unofficial on anything. And so we went with that. Um, and then my favorite aspect of the can, I was at work. I was at the body shop, and I had a friend who's from North Carolina call me because he, he knows I grew up here. He knows a lot of my friends are still in the area. And he's like, hey, um, we had a tree fall down in our yard. I need a good tree guy. I was like, yeah, no problem. Call my buddy Seth. And I just shot him Seth's number. And so during that process, it was during the process of building out this can and what I wanted it to look like. And so it hit me. And that's why if you look at our can, you can see my name and number is on the can. Yeah. And I just, I thought that's a very Georgia thing of just like, oh, I know a guy who can get you, who can be your tree guy. Or I know a guy who runs a body shop. Or I know a guy who has a good beer. And so... We threw our, my name and number on the can, and uh, I just wanted to be accessible so people could talk to the beer man if they wanted to talk to the beer man. Is that your real number? So I have two phones now. Um, <laughs> that was my wife's advice, and she's a wise woman. Um, so I got a second phone number, and I keep it with me most of the time and get some very interesting calls and texts. Uh, the later in the evening, the more interesting the calls or texts get. Uh, when people have had a That's few cool. of them. Um, but it's been great. I mean, I, I've gotten into markets I wouldn't have gotten into before because people call and they know it. They can find out the information. Um, Georgia's own Cole Swindell actually texted me a photo of him drinking at one time, which I thought was really cool. Um, so it's been great for marketing, and, and I think it's true to kind of what we want the brand to be about is just kind of for Georgia by Georgia. So I say all that because you talk about can it be anywhere else in the country? And I think so. Um, Cause you can go to a store and, and buy Lone Star and say, you know, I'm not having barbecue today. I want to drink what a Texan's drinking. You know, I hope somebody up in New York city one day is saying, what are those rednecks out in Georgia drink? And they go to a bar, you know, um, and they get a peach state light and they kind of get to feel what we feel like here in our home state and gives them a taste of what we're doing. And so that's kind of the, so yes, I hope that eventually it will be distributed to other states and, and let other people around the state experience what Georgians are drinking. You mentioned that just uh, the fact that you can't get it everywhere almost makes it more coveted in a way. I remember when uh, Yingling, you could only get Yingling, I guess, growing up, you could get it in Carolina. I mean, growing up in Augusta, right across the river and even in college they used to send pledges over to carolina to get yingling just because just because it's not that 
I mean, England's solid, but it's yeah. not like it's like the fact that you couldn't get it makes yeah. you want more. Yeah, made, you know, same thing. And your dad told stories about um, your uh, Esther and uncles yeah. driving out west and cores. You couldn't get cores back in right. the day in, in the southeast, especially, you know, definitely not in Georgia. And so they'd come back with a trunk, trunk full of Coors Literally. Light and everybody, yeah. they'd be moving, smuggling Coors Light and everybody would be right. hot. Coors Light just because it was something cool. And, you know, I mean, look at the bourbon scene. I mean, it's just because, oh, they made 12, they made 12, 12 barrels of this. So therefore it's more coveted. It's the same thing with the the beer category. So the fact that if you're able to find that niche and stay small, I think that's good for y'all. But I think from a branding standpoint, y'all done a great job. Um, me not being as familiar with the product, um, but seeing it, just my awareness of it before I, I met you, um, you know, I, I think it's a cool, cool can. I mean, that's that's where you start, right? I mean, that unofficial beer, George, I think that's that's brilliant. I'm a branding marketing guy. And just like you, I'm always thinking. And it's same thing with Derek. I mean, he talked a lot about when he started Peace State Pride. I mean, about the fact that, hey, Carolina's got this crescent moon thing that's on everything. Georgia doesn't really have that. And so just just thinking about um, that, uh, you know, that demand of uh, something that's native, people liking to show liking to show off what they're where they're from. I think that's smart, yeah. smart play by y'all to uh, capture that and and do it in a way that captures the the look, feel, and the the vibe of of Georgians. I think that's something people are going to continue to get behind. So that's really smart. yeah, and, and you know I think state pride is at a pretty all time high. You know, the dogs are winning, the Braves are winning. People are flooding into the state from all over the country because they have good economic and good job opportunities. I mean, it's a thriving state right now. Um, and so I think this is a great time to have something um, for people who are just proud to be from where we're from. Uh, and so it's been fun to kind of see people engage with that and kind of agree with what we're doing and so and and you can see that i don't know if you've looked at our social media but on our instagram it's very much directed towards just like what are we doing in the state we're having fun we're like hearted beers for everybody uh over 21 and uh and so that's kind of that's just what's important to us is just kind of building that community pride um and not you know looking at other states but looking at our state and what we're doing and, and we're doing a lot of cool stuff yeah, the community of it. That's that's what draws me in. I mean, it really we talked to Russ Tanner a couple uh, a few weeks back and he talked about barbecue and why he's drawn a barbecue is because you've got people that uh are into smoking brisket or ribs or whatever and it brings people together from a community standpoint. It sounds like that's the same um same reason you're in that that line of work of what you're doing. It is. It is and beer right now is you know, everybody's seen the news where people are getting offended one way or the other about beer. And I've had people ask, like, you guys should push one way or the other. And it's, we want to be very much an apolitical uh, business because we want everybody to drink beer. Our beer isn't red or blue. Our beer is, uh, every, it's green and cream. So you could, anybody, it's made for everybody. And, and I think that's important. I think, you know, the history of beer beyond, American beer, but you know, European beer, the whole history of beer is community and you're sitting around with somebody and it's a time more now than ever. I think it's important for people to share beers together and to share these conversations because 
as we get more and more divided, I think something as simple and as unimportant as beer, that's why it's important right now, um, because it's something that we can bond over that that we have in common and not that we don't have in common. People need uh, a way to get separated from the dialogue that you see every day when you turn on the TV. Like, it, it is so exhausting, man. Like, so I really applaud that. Because it's not state. real life, you know. It's no, the things we write on Twitter and the things that we do. When you when you see that same person at a bar and you drink a beer with them, we're alike and we like each other. And and yeah. there's ninety five percent of the things we do have in common and we do believe that the same. And so there's five percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you're a great guest for carry the mat. That's really what we're about. And uh, you're the first, uh, I guess, brewery we've had we've had uh, on here. But uh, I'm thankful to have the conversation. Real quick, you got to tell us about your boy in Spaniel, yeah. and uh, I want to hear um, about, about about. Yeah, about. so I was um, my last semester of college. I lived at home because um, I'm from here. I lived at home. It was my fifth year. I was only gonna be here for, for one semester, so I didn't really wanna do a lease. Um, but I, I had this great job as a caretaker for an adult with Down syndrome, making good money, just hanging out with a guy who happened to have Down syndrome, but he was really one of my best friends in the world. He still sleeps over every other Thursday. I mean, 10 years later, we're still great friends. Um, but for the first time, I had like a little bit of money in my pocket uh, because I was living at home, but still working and going to school. And so money wasn't going towards rent or these things. And I was eating mom and dad's food. And so I was, I was feeling good. And it was right before college ended. And so I think my first month of that, I bought a new shotgun, a new set of golf clubs, and a Boykin Spaniel. Uh, and so I bought Goose from a guy who was a four- All necessities. All necessities. Anything? The, the, the essentials. Yeah. And I still have all three today. It's still the set I play with, and it's still the gun I hunt with, and it's still the dog I um, hunt and just do life with. And so uh, he was a forestry student here at Georgia. He was a grad student, and him and his wife just had a litter with their two family boyfriend spaniels, and Goose was the runt of the litter. Um, and so we're coming up on 10 years together. He's um, really been a great dog, sleeps right in the middle of the bed with me and Annie Kate, um, has made his way all the way up to Glacier, Montana, has retrieved mallards in Oklahoma and Arkansas, but most of the time he's just a dog that just lays on the floor, so. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, you know, talking about regional brands, like that's the official state dog of South Carolina. Sure. Right. That's kind of a cool nod to them, to the cat to, to them. But uh, I had one, unfortunately, passed um, in September. Brownie, rest in peace. She was great. She did not hunt ducks, but she probably would have been a good, good something. Probably a good dog. Dog. She would have been. She would have been a quail. good bird dog. She was smart. Her yeah. For quail dogs and then talking about. Yeah. So I um, this was years ago. Copper's about to be seven this month, and I, I had forever as a kid. I always wanted a hunting dog, but I didn't at the time. I say it now. I've got a golden retriever too, but at the time. I didn't want a big dog. Right. So, all right. So, we're doing some research, found out about Boykin Spaniels and started, you know, just randomly calling these different breeders throughout 
the southeastern states and like i was like dang they're hard to get a hold of like you gotta have you gotta know somebody you can't just like usually when a litter's ready they're already claimed accounted for right yeah and so i called this one lady up in northern alabama and she's like tracy boykins it's a great breeder and she's like i'm so sorry uh we don't have any available but if something happens i'll let you know and this was on like a tuesday so I'm just sitting around twiddling my thumbs and then I get a phone call. It's Memorial Day that that later that week on Sunday, I'm at the gym working out. My phone rings and it's Tracy from the from the uh breeder and she's like, The guy that was gonna get the dog, his mom's not doing well, and he just doesn't think he has time to handle a puppy. Uh I can send you some pictures of him if you want to see what he looks like and I'll hold him for you. And I was like, No, don't worry about it. I'm on my way. And I'm left. <laughs> Went to the ATM, got $1,200 out, and drove to Northern yep. Alabama. Picked him up, never saw him. I was in between names. I was like, do I name him Bailey? Do I name him Copper? And I get there, and I pull up, and she comes out, and Copper comes running down the steps. And, again, I didn't have a name thought of. Like, I hadn't decided on it. And the first thing that came out of my, out of my mouth was, hey, Copper boy. Oh, that's came awesome. Up, and now he duck hunts with me, so like I got yep. that with you. I, you know, well, he, I, he wanted a small dog, and it's the biggest boy can I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's like sixty pounds. Dude, he's a beast, man. He's yeah. a stud. He's, oh, Goose is definitely uh, Goose. Come here, come here. He's definitely a runner. He's still. I mean, ten years old. He's still just like thirty-five oh, pounds. Oh, That's good Goose, stuff. You guys, this has got the same collar as uh, yes, Copper. sir. Oh, yeah, Liz, Liz wants oh, to God. see. She's, oh, she's oh my gosh, you do have the same collar. Yeah, uh, I'll send you the uh Instagram. We've changed the handle, Please. we've changed my Instagram handle since starting the podcast. Yeah, since we're in the social media committee marking now, I was like, yeah, Daniel, you gotta change it. It used to be Copper the Boykin, and dude, awesome. he, he got low key insta famous for a while. like. He got number two sports dog of the year in South Carolina Wildlife Magazine. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) He's got he's got a t shirt. He's on the back of a t shirt. (laughs) Really? Is that on top back what shirt is it? It's one of those like uh, brown little brown dog apparel type companies. No, I had the little brown dog hat. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. They're great dogs. I don't think I'll ever not have a boykin. They're good dogs. I'm right with you, man. Yeah. They're great. Um, man, this has been a good conversation. I want to transition to the um, the game while we got you. Um, we, you know, summer, we're talking about good dogs. We're talking about cold beer. It's only fitting that we talk a little bit about baseball. The Braves are, I mean, I don't even know what they're up to right now. I mean, they're just rolling. Just... They're like 27 and like four in the last 50 yep. days. They got they're they're sitting at sixty wins right now. If they win today, they'll be at sixty one before the All Star break. Uh, I don't know what the score is right now. They're playing the Rays right now, but uh, but the um, we're just uh, gonna uh, jump into this game. Uh, I I wanted Daniel and I were talking, and we'd like to discuss. We kind of kick it around. It's not really a game. I guess we'll just kick it around. And the, the topic is childhood favorite, you know, baseball players. Like influential dudes that, you know, when you think of your childhood in baseball, like what are the four guys that come to mind? 
Yep. If we have some of the same guys, that's fine. But Daniel, why don't you kick it off? This is your idea, so you have. Yeah, I'll um, I'll kick it off with my favorite player of all time. He's not a Brave. I I do have a Brave on the list later on, but I guess for me, I mean, six foot ten, tall glass of water, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude piled up. Like three over three hundred wins, you know, sub three three ERA over his career. I mean, just ten time All Star, just absolute stud. Also, I don't know if either one of y'all know this. Do either one of y'all know the first team Randy Johnson played for in the big leagues? Was it Max Bose? Yes. Oh, yeah. My guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that expose. Yep. That, that would be. He's the most like when I was a kid, man. I was obsessed with Randy Johnson. Like I've got a Diamondbacks Randy Johnson jersey, um, and I'm I'm like six seven, and I kind of have a little back here, and so I've definitely been known for Halloween just to throw on a Randy Johnson fit. Um, I'm not a lefty, but I definitely push it. That's that. God, that's hilarious. I would have never. I'd have never guessed. Somebody give this guy a baseball. That's uh, you go ahead, Jake. What you got? Uh, pick your. Yeah, first. if we're talking to say on an Expos theme, um, kind of grew up. I was always the youngest in baseball. I had a late birthday. Um, I played up with my brothers, so I got put in right field a lot, especially early. Um, watching baseball, though, they played them, you know, how many ever times in a year. I always liked unique players who could mash. Um, so my favorite non-brave ever is Vladimir Guerrero. Um, right fielder for the Expos, later for the Angels. Just had a rifle for an arm. You know, hit without batting gloves. Didn't have a strike zone. He he just swung at whatever he wanted to swing at. Um, his son is one of the best hitters in baseball now. Uh, but Vladimir Guerrero growing up is who I – thought was the coolest guy. I, I bought his rookie card. I mean, he was he was it for me. And, and I always watched the Braves, but when they played the Expos, I tuned in extra hard growing up. So, uh, yeah, the sound Expos theme, I'll go with Vlad. I love it. That's good. I'll start off with a Brave. I've got two Braves on, in my four, two out of four. But uh, Dale Murphy was really the first Brave of my childhood. I'm, I'm a few years older than you, Jake, but um, Dale Murphy as a as a kid getting into you know just little league. Dale Murphy was just a guy that was just scrappy and just always getting on base and always hustled. And uh, the Braves really weren't great at the time, you know. But Dale Murphy was the guy. He was he was the stud for years in Atlanta, and that was really my first childhood guy that I followed. And uh, you know just kind of wanted his jersey so to speak. He would have been the guy for me. So had to have yeah that that powder blue number three is a iconic yeah and my, my older brother really probably aligned more with my older brother my older brother's four years older than me um and uh so time wise his prime of his career probably aligned more with Bo, my brother and so but you're always you know doing what your older brother does so mm-hmm. Mark in our house is a big deal so i think uh number two for me i mean this guy they call him the iron man for a reason he played uh, 2,632 games straight without missing a game, which, I mean, if you think about that, that is absurd. Like, that's crazy. 
but I'll, I'll give this one a shout out to my buddy, my Maryland brother from another mother, John Cal Ripken. Uh, yeah. Loved him growing up. I was lucky enough. My dad worked in the mortgage industry uh, for his career and he had different companies he was partnered with. And so it was like, like the sweet spot for me, I'm like 10, 11, 12 years old, those three years and those summers, dad took me to Baltimore where they on these conventions for the business. And we would always go to an Orioles game when we were there. So I got to see him play three times. And, you know, as a 10, 11, 12 year old, like you're hook, line and sinker. You're, you're obsessed after you see a guy like Kyle Ripken play. So yeah. he'd be, he's, he's on my Mount Rushmore. Okay. Um, Another outfielder, and this is obviously major player, but also as a child, Nintendo 64 was my favorite thing. Uh, so King Griffey Jr., King Griffey Jr. baseball, everything 24, um, just the swaggiest guy with the prettiest swing in Major League Baseball history. Um, I think, you know, I think he was one of the clean guys in an era that wasn't always known for being clean. Um, and I think if he would have just done what everybody else done, he would have been even better. Uh, but no, Griffey was awesome. I I, uh, I love like his smooth swing, the Baffert hat. Um, yeah, I'm a big Griffey guy. And, and that game, King Griffey Jr. Baseball, was, I think, one of the funnest video games of all time. No doubt. Yeah, I had Griffey as well. So I'll jump on that. I'll just. You know, he'll be my next pick. Um, but, you know, I think his swagger, uh, a lot of the young players that you see now, uh, you know, Cunha comes to mind that have that kind of same, a um, little bit more flamboyant. Griffey was smooth. He wasn't really flamboyant, but he just had that presence. You know, he walked on the field and you're just like, that guy's just built to uh, do what he's doing. And uh, and he was, he was, he'd steal bases as well. And he was, he was so smooth. He didn't look like he was trying very hard. He was just such a natural. Yeah. Um, so, it was just um, pretty cool to see him and, and his father, the camaraderie with playing, you know, with your, you know, around your dad a bunch. And that was cool, cool to see. And he's just good for baseball. I think that's, um, and I think a lot of the young guys would tip their hat to, to him as kids. Although these kids, they're, the guys that are blown up in the league now were born in like 2000, you know, it's right. crazy. I don't even remember Griffey, but he's, he's, he's to me, you know, iconic. Oh, for sure. He had the shoes. You mentioned yeah, the video game. All of but he, he was kind of the, the larger than life figure there in the 90s. Yeah. Um, you know, like a Michael Jordan type figure that yeah. everybody wanted to be like. So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I hate that you had to bring up doing it clean because uh, my next guy didn't. <laughs> but he's so iconic that he was just like mesmerizing to watch this dude play, but very bonds. Oh, thank I mean, you. I mean, dude, just the best, the best hitter of all time. I mean, just pure hitter, like. Let him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Let him I, in. I mean, it's crazy not to. So I, I would have to put Barry up there. I don't think there's much you have to say about the guy. I mean, everybody knows, but he was just he he changed like that era. I know it was a lot of needles and juice, but like they changed the game. Yeah. And they made baseball must watch TV, like where it wasn't always that. I mean, I, I remember just the the I think it was the 2001 
maybe the 2001 season, he had like 73 bombs. Right, you were watching, you were turning on ESPN every night that right. the Giants were playing just to see him hit them into, uh, was it McCovey Cove? Cove. Yeah. yeah, it was the best. Well, the pitchers were juicing too, that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's right. Like, even, but right, yeah, it's like, can't we just cancel each other out? The, uh, I do like seeing him in the old footage when he was with the Pirates. Skinny. Before he blew up, you know, but he's still doing work. I mean, he's still, you mentioned the best hitter in the game. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's still making great contact. And His pre-steroid just, numbers are still Hall of Fame numbers. There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he probably hit more, he definitely hit more bonds because of it, but there's no doubt he was, he was just really just a stud all the way around. All around, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, my next. Can't be a kid of the 90s from Georgia without listing somebody from those Dynasty Braves teams. Um, my favorite from that team um, is Greg Maddox. Um, he hasn't stayed close to Atlanta post-baseball, like post his playing career. I think he kind of does his own thing in Texas now. And he, he went into Hall of Fame without wearing a Cubs or a Braves hat. He was kind of winning in. Um, so I don't think he's always loved Atlanta as much as I loved him. But um, that th- th- when I think about uh, the 90, 95, 96, 97, 98 Braves, I think about an away Atlanta jersey. So it's gray with Atlanta. And then it's got the Maddox, uh, what is he, 31 on the back. Um, I just think he was awesome. That was a guy who, in an era of guys throwing it still so fast, he didn't have yeah. the fastest stuff, but he put it exactly where he needed to go. Um, he hit the ball well. He fielded his position great um, and almost was so confident in himself that even though it looked like he had no swag, I think he was full of swag. I think the that Nike commercial of Chicks Dig the Long Ball with him, Smoltz and Glavin was one of the best commercials ever. And so uh, Greg Max will always be my favorite member of that dynasty 90s Braves team. Well, I'll, I'll tell you to, to piggyback off Maddox because I had considered him when I was talking to my wife Elizabeth about it last night because I do have a Brave on there. The first thing that came out of her mouth, she was like, Maddox. I was like, I know, I know, but for certain reasons, I chose someone else. But I can't talk about it on the podcast because it isn't super appropriate. But next time you talk to Gaines, John Gaines, Ask him, we're in a fantasy baseball league. And this was like 2016, maybe. We uh, paid 500 bucks for John Rocker to come to our draft party. <laughs> Told us some of the most epic stories about Maddox in the locker room, dude. Swag, he was an animal. He, he Does it make you like him more? Yes. Oh, awesome. He's a prankster, man. He 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 messed with everybody on the team. That's awesome. So you have to get more games. Yeah. Yeah, Maddie's looked like he was just going to sell you some life insurance, but he ended up he was, he was, a, <laughs> he was a straight stone cold killer. Uh, the uh, also it just it was hard to pick a pitcher. Just you mentioned, I mean, Smalls, Glavin, uh, Maddox. I mean, that the '90s, even Steve Avery back in the day was one of my favorites. There were just so many good pitchers. Atlanta, Atlanta Brave I chose was Chipper. Um, I mean, just he was just you know batting switch. I think was something that everybody wanted to to do, and he did it so well. And 
my uncle lives in Jacksonville. And so growing up, we would, he would tell stories about Chipper coming up at bowls, um, just how athletic, how athletic he was. And he played every sport and Chipper. I mean, if you pay attention to him now, whether it's through broadcasting or, you know, wh whether he's doing a podcast or something, he really talks about kids playing multiple sports and he's a big believer in that. Um, he's just a, like, has a lot of common sense, good, uh, application of like the way he approached the game and mm -hmm. um I, i've always enjoyed him just as a person too um so i i like him and uh, you know just growing up playing playing ball that was that was a guy that everybody i think looked up to and yeah. he was just the, the kid the natural he was just the kid he was born to play and uh it was just fun uh fun watching his career and he's a guy that's loved atlanta back you mentioned maddox maybe not being as passionate about the the base as he is, as we were about him, but Chippers loved him back, and it's mm -hmm. been cool to uh, keep him uh, in fray, so to speak, with the broadcast and all that. So, yeah, that's a great one. I, I considered him too. Um, I think for my last one, he's my all-time favorite Brave for a lot of reasons. Um, my late grandmother that just passed away, she and I bonded as we were growing up like over Braves baseball. That was like, she just knew, Mama Dot knew more about Braves than anybody. And her favorite player was Andrew Jones. And so I fell in love with him. I mean, the guy hit over 250 average for his, for his career, which those numbers dipped later. I mean, when he was a Brave, it was higher than, you know, mm -hmm. two, whatever. He hit over 430 bombs and arguably one of the best defensive outfielders ever. Right. Like, put him in the Hall of Fame, hot take, I get it. The dude is a Hall of Fame. Yep. And that, that's my fourth pick. I love Andrew Jones. We'll always love him. And uh, right, right before I got married, a bunch of buddies went to the Ivy in Buckhead, and we were just, like, having fun. You know, kind of like a bachelor party. I, my wife always says I had like four bachelor parties before I got married. Um, but Andrew was at the bar, and I, 27 year old me, I, like I'm an adult at that point. I still couldn't help myself. I had a couple beers. I was like, I'm getting a picture with him. And so I have this great, like, silly bar picture of me and Andrew Jones that's still on my phone that I love. So, so I'll send that to us after we're done if you can dig it up. Yeah, I will. I will. Yeah. Um, my last one, this one's weird. Uh, he did play for the Braves a little bit. He played for the White Sox. Um, didn't really have uh, – he was just a serviceable Major League Baseball player. Um, but I loved him for another reason. Um, in 08, so I'm a junior in high school in 2008, I can drive. Me and my best friend Spencer go to I, almost every single Georgia baseball game that season. And that's the season um, that we lost to Fresno State in the national championship. Uh, but that whole season, that and third, playing shortstop, Gordon Beckham, um, you know, comes up to bat. Josie's on a vacation far away. He's coming up. I mean, he was as cool as it gets when you're 16 looking at what a college guy is supposed to be. Um, and so, yeah, I loved Gordon Beckham. He made that year really special for me. That's the last time I've really been a huge nut about Georgia baseball. Um, but 
I, I had the opportunity a few years ago, ESP had a, one of our big fundraisers, Big Hearts. Uh, Gordon was a judge. Um, and I've gotten to meet through ESP a lot of like Georgia athletes, you know, all the quarterbacks, Murray and Fromm and Ethan and Steph. I've met all those guys. I've met, you know, Todd Gurley, a lot of them. And nobody, David Pollock, nobody had me starstruck like Gordon Beckham. And I think like my just brain went back to 16 years old and I got to shake his hand and he lived up to it. He was super nice. Like, let me be weird. In fact, dude, you were my favorite baseball player when I was 16 years old. And so it was cool to get to talk to him. And um, he's a really nice person. And uh, I think he does some stuff with the Braves right now. Kind of on our broadcast team a little bit. So, yeah, that was kind of a weird one, but I'm a Gordon Beckham. No, I'm so glad that somebody like that made it into the lineup. Well, uh, and that's a great walk-up song, too, by the way. We'll have to do that. And maybe next time we can have you on. We can uh, pick our walk-up songs, you know, like theme songs. Yeah. That's would always be, uh, Life's special. Been Good by Joe Walsh. Ooh, that's a great night. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stranglehold, Ted Nugent comes to mind. Oh, that's a good uh, one. I don't know. I, 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 I could go a few different directions with that. But, yeah. Um, my last pick for the uh, this week's game, um, it's Tony Gwynn. Uh, I think every coach uh, I ever had referenced Tony Gwynn and uh, – he was just a guy that his style of play, just, you know, choking up on the back, get crowding the plate, putting it in play, just just smacking around the field. Whatever he was get, getting, he'd dish it out to right field if he had to. Left field, he'd pull it. You know, he just put it where he wanted to um, based on where the pitch alignment was. And um, I think it was Smoltz who was being interviewed, and he routed off several four or five Hall of Famers. And Tony Gwynn had like a 450 average against those guys. It was just absurd how good that guy was. It just putting the ball in play and um another guy that's just good for the game and uh just always been iconic but it really wasn't didn't hit for power much he just right. really um just just put it in play and hustled and uh hit a lot of line drives and just uh just a really smart baseball player and yeah. uh, any hitting coach is gonna pull him up you know and, and reference him yeah putting on the clinic so that's my guy for sure that's a good one we named some good dudes. That was yeah. good. I love Vlad, the Vlad pick that you did. I, as soon as you said it, I was like, dang, I should have yeah. said Vlad. I love that guy. Still do. He was cool. Yeah. Well, Jay, this was fun, man. Uh, it was a pleasure getting to hang with you and uh, just appreciate what you're doing. I mean, I know you are what y'all are doing for the community and you mentioned you're just your roots with ESP. I think, I think that's, such a good marriage with what you're doing with Peach State Light. And, um, you know, now you're with a brand that's not a nonprofit, but you're still reaching the community in a different way and bringing people together. And I think we'll, we'll be sure to spread the word on Peach State Light and uh, be consumers, but also uh, brand ambassadors. And uh, that I turn others on to the to, to Peach State Light. But uh, thanks a lot. You got anything else for us? No, no, I really appreciate it. I, like I said, I like what you guys are doing. I think. This podcast is a lot of fun, and um, this was a nice little way to spend Sunday afternoon. I got the, the Braves are on, and I'm going to catch them after this, and then uh, I'll be excited to catch up with you guys again soon. I know we're all in, you know, in town. I'd love to meet maybe at the Old Pal and have some Peach Day Live. Yeah, yeah, man, absolutely. Okay, well, I'll count on it then. Yeah, we'll be in touch, man. Sounds good. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you all a lot. I'll talk to you soon.
All right, man. See you, man. See you. All right, see ya. What's up, y'all? I hope y'all enjoyed our conversation today with Jake Sapp of Peach State Light. Y'all be sure to continue to follow us on our platforms, uh, Carry the Mat, and we look forward to talking to y'all again soon. Thanks.